you're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh weekly. For more hot takes, go and give me a follow at Just Plain Zach. I always keep it funny and I always keep it cute. And if you're like me and you want to stay up to date with the latest reality tea, just go and give us a follow at No Filter with Zach on the Instagram. Or you can always join our private Facebook group. The link is in the description below. I hope right now you are sipping on some fizzy housewives inspired rosé for yourself, packing a punch at 14% alcohol by volume, but less than a gram of sugar. It is my housewives watching wine. I partnered with my pals at Elix to bring you this wine on demand, essentially straight to your door. So you can go online, go to nofilterwine.com, order it in one of four fun housewives inspired slogans. I'm ready to mention it all. Now tell me who go and check me, boo. I stole Kim's goddamn house, and I'm ready to flip a table. Or you can get a variety pack. Go to nofilterwine.com. Head over to nofilterwine.com right now. I'm excited because today to help me break down all of the tea is one of your personal favorites. You love every time we collab. And at this point, I feel like the next natural progression is to do an OnlyFans together. But until then, we're doing another podcast collab. Please welcome one of my personal favorites, the host of the Unpopular Podcast, Mr. Jacques Peterson. Uh, Thanks for having me back. I didn't realize that I had reached favorite status now. I love that for me. You, Adam from Up and Adam, and Jess. But I think you and Adam are like in the top two. Oh, okay. Well, I've got to take Adam out then. Adam's the nice one and I'm like the mean one. <laughs> so it works out. <laughs> and I'm right in the middle. I balance it out. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, when I want a few of the extra, when I need to balance out all the the crazy comments when we collab, then I bring Adam in to, to balance things out again. <laughs> Smooth. It's like dam- Adam's damage control. I love it. Um, what housewife show are you currently like obsessed with at the moment? I feel like I watch all of your stories. I tried to get into The Bachelor. I couldn't do it, Jacques. But which of the housewives that is currently airing are you most into? And which are you leaving? Okay, to? first of all, very upset that you have not been able to get into The Bachelor. I was trying to tell Jess to watch it. I tell people every year to watch The Bachelor and just the Bravo fans, just they won't budge. You know, they like their Bravo. They just don't want to dip into The Bachelor world. So you guys are missing out. It's crazy. Um, I am obsessed with Miami, which is funny because... I was not obsessed. I mean, I was not excited for the reboot. I really didn't care. I was like, really another fucking housewife show we have to watch. And I never really got into it the first time around. I tried. It just didn't click with me from the few episodes that I watched. Now it is my favorite. Like, I think it's incredible. Like I'm telling random people that don't watch housewives. I'm like, no, just watch this housewives of Miami (laughs) on Peacock. It's fucking insane. So I love it. It's great. Love Alexia and the the ex the dead ex-husband's gay lover storyline. I'm sad that I don't believe we're going to get like a face-to-face moment with him only because we don't have his name revealed. All of his photos come up blurred. So I'm assuming he never signed a release and he's not going to be appearing on the show. But like I need his identity revealed. Well, it's almost like there's so many crazy not so storylines on the housewives of Miami that it doesn't matter. Like on another housewife show, you might be like, Oh God, we're not going to see who he is. It's that's going to ruin the story. You know, like we, we needed this to like get us through the season, but there's like so much happening on Miami. It doesn't even matter if he shows up on camera or not, because then you've got like, 
10 other storylines to get into. Like, it's amazing. I don't know how they brought, like, I don't know how they managed to get this much content from this cast. Like, it's kind of shocking to me. Like, are these, did they just, were they able to just select these crazy women with these outrageous lives or was there like a thirst amongst the women because the show had been cancelled before and they knew this was like, look, here's your chance to like come back that they're just like, we are like fucking like bringing our like triple A game. I don't know. I think it's the latter. I think they knew that this was their opportunity and they have years of content just banked in their back pocket that I'm sure they thought would be great storylines that never got to come to fruition and now is their opportunity and now they're like, fuck it, I'm going to bring it and I'm going to really earn my mojito. Well, a lot of People have actually told me that on the original run of Miami that Alexia wasn't really even a big cast member and, like, no one really cared about her that much. And now she's, she's like, all-stars material. Like, I think one more season of Miami, she would be up there as, like, one of the, like, new-gen all-stars, like a fucking Karen Huger or something, because her life is just beyond. Yeah, I, if I look at the current cast, I would say she's probably the breakout, the standout. I mean, there's Larsa, but I don't know if Larsa has... I think Larsa's just a name outside. She, like, in the Eileen Davidson, a name outside of the show that we brought into the show that can carry a seat at, at the table, but isn't really bringing all that much. Like, Lars is not giving us very much, if we're being honest. She isn't, but I find her really likable because the other women are so over the top and outrageous and they, like, suck all the air out the room or they have, like, this these wild stories. And she's just kind of, like, the nice chill one and they're all like bullying her for having an OnlyFans account which is so funny and it just ends up like I think they they thought they were going to make her look like some desperate slut but it just actually makes them all look like bitches like they're jealous of her or something like who cares she looks phenomenal like go for it I mean I think that with Larsa it was more of a were upset that she was on the show and left the show and became the most famous of all of us. And so we want to kind of knock her down a notch because we think she's going to come in with a big ego. But I'm really surprised that she did not come in with an ego at all, considering she's pretty thirsty and she's pretty like into herself. She's thirsty, but she's nice. So actually, I don't even know if I want to say that she's nice because I wonder if you met her in the wild, would she? She's just, she's dumb. Like she's just nice and dumb kind. I don't know, but I enjoy her. Yeah, I can see that they probably were quite jealous because look, she's hot as fuck. Like she looks stunning. And also she did have all of this fame beforehand just because of the Kardashian association. Like she was getting the daily mail all the time and the other tabloids and page six and the other Miami housewives had all dropped off the face of the map. Like no one talked about any of them anymore. So I can see that there was, I think a little bit of like, okay, Lars's kind of the big dog here because of her fame and her following. So if we pick on Larsa for something, we're going to have a bit of a storyline, like we're going to get in the mix, like let's go after Larsa. And then the easiest thing for them to do is to like shame her over her only fans. But it's like, who cares? And I, by the way, pre Miami housewives, I subscribed to her only fans. Cause I was curious. Sometimes I just sign up to celebrity only fans and it was very tame. It was just like Instagram photos, yeah. really. So there was nothing. She was not doing hardcore porn. You're not See, going on Lars's OnlyFans and seeing her getting like DP'd. It's like lingerie. So 
I mean, if you can make that much money, I say go for it. Okay, were, are you the one, or correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if I've made this up, but I know it was an idea that I wanted to start on my YouTube channel of reviewing Housewives OnlyFans. But you've done this with other reality stars on your podcast, right? Oh my God, yes. And I didn't even mean to do it, but okay. The Farrah Abraham OnlyFans, oh. you're actually not allowed to talk about it because when you sign up to it, there's this big legal thing about like, it's like Fight Club. Like you cannot acknowledge it. You can't talk about it. But the stuff that goes down in Farrah Abraham's OnlyFans, you can't even imagine. And it's it's not pretty. Like it's 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 too much. Like I'm not vanilla, but that stuff is just like it's 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 I I don't even want to say it. Like it's you'll throw well, up. You legally you can't say it. It's it's bad. We're talking every fetish you can imagine. We're talking blood. We're talking she's escorting. We're talking oh my god everything. So it no wonder was, she got fired um, from MTV. It yeah. Well, you know, I remember actually. I still think it's. I still think it's unfair that she got fired over that, by the way. Uh, but it, yeah, it scarred me. I don't know. I'm a fan of hers, though, as a reality star because she's great TV. Like, if anyone watched her yeah. when she went over on Celebrity Big Brother in the UK, totally, like, she was beyond. And then they've just done some new Teen Mom special now. Oh, yeah. It's like family, they're doing. What is it? It's like a, a re- boot camp. What is it? They go yeah, camping? It's like, oh, it's family vacation, right? It's like all the teen moms, uh, yeah, go to some boot camp, which obviously they just want to get them all in the room together so they'll fight. It's very, um, it is very like ultimate girls trip in a way. It's like their version of that. And TLC started that with 90 Day Fiance. TLC is like the OG of this, of like milking your franchise with all these like crossovers and stuff. And then Bravo has copied it now, teen mom. I think that's like the new trend, but they brought Farrah back for this. I don't think she's even on the whole thing. I think she shows up for like one appearance and all of the advertising was just like around Farrah. Right, like her return. Everyone, like you think of Team Mom, you think of Farrah. So um, they were wrong to fire her. But yeah, back to her OnlyFans. It's extreme. I don't recommend you sign up for it because it's it's too much. Like you'll have nightmares. Like I'm still traumatized by it. Well, I want to do this with housewives. Like Sonia Morgan has an OnlyFans that she's very active on. Larsa has this OnlyFans. Like I want to actually subscribe to them and then show people. Well, I guess you can't show the content, but like let people know what content is worth investing in, if any. I don't think that they're doing porn. Like a lot of OnlyFans, like if you've never signed up for OnlyFans, guys, if you're listening, a lot of them are huge ripoffs, especially oh, yeah. celebrity only fans they are the worst like, like didn't you sign up for harry jowsey yes or i was gonna talk about was... i did harry jowsey's he's shown his butt but he's also shown his butt on instagram um who's the other one tony something he's like a big tiktoker and he always has a duck with him tony i, I don't remember um th- that's so anthony i don't know what the fuck his name but is. I but i assume he's not naked he's the thing with him is like he's naked and he's like having sex, but like the clips are like two seconds long. They're in a dark room. It's more mm. of like him with like a girl and her head is blocking everything. So it's like from behind her. So you don't really see anything, but you can see that she's giving him a three second blow job. And but it's like $90 for stuff like that or $90 <laughs> for like him in his underwear. And you see like the outline of a penis. 
Yeah. So what they do on OnlyFans as well, a lot of the celebrities is you sign up. So you're already paying the subscription. You're paying $5 or $10 a month, whatever it is. And then you're getting their feed. Their main feed will be pretty tame. And then in their DMs, they'll have like racier content, which can sometimes it's just as like basic as like going topless. Other times it's like full-blown porn, but then they're upselling you that in the DMs. And then that's a lot of, that'll be like $30 or something. Like it can be more. Um, so I can see how people make a lot of money off it. Look, a lot of people like following an OnlyFans. They don't necessarily want to see hardcore porn, although a lot of people do, but sometimes you're signing up to it because they will reply to your DMs and you'll have more of an intimate level of interaction with that person. Although Which is what Larsa says I would even, she does, right? Yeah, I would say as far as that goes, if this is a creator with a really big OnlyFans account, they probably have someone managing it. Like it's probably not even them replying to your DMs. Well, Larsa probably- says that this is her way to interact with people and get, you know, one-on-one time with them and she gets invested in their lives. She does that on camera in real life. I'm sure she has like an assist. You can't, you don't have that much time to respond to that. Many oh my God. I try to resp- respond to DMs like on a daily basis on Instagram and I can't even keep up. Yeah, it's a lot. But look, yeah, a lot of OnlyFans are ripoffs. I recommend if you're considering signing up for someone's OnlyFans, sign up to a porn star's OnlyFans because they're going to give you everything that you want. They actually understand about angles and lighting and how to film stuff. Like you're going to get the whole thing. But celebrity OnlyFans are generally a no-go. I would, I've thought about starting an OnlyFans, Jacques. Do you think I should do it? Look, you can make a lot of money. One of my friends- I want to make $10,000 a day. My friend, um, Jess Power here in Australia, she was on Married at First Sight, which was like our biggest reality show. And then it aired in the UK and it was like really big over there. So she has a few hundred thousand followers on Instagram. She has an amazing body. She went on OnlyFans. Actually, I helped her set it up uh, a few months ago because we we would talk sometimes and she sometimes she was like, oh, should I do OnlyFans? Should I not? And I told her to go on. And I said, girl, like, go on, but like, don't give them nothing. Like, just be topless with your like hands over your boobs. Like, just keep it tame and you'll make money anyway. I'm not a subscriber of her, so I don't know what she's doing. Apparently, she's doing a lot more than that. But what I do know is that she's making a shitload of money on there like she within a few months she's made like several hundred thousand dollars and people can look down on it and they can go oh my god you know i can't believe you would sell yourself on only fans like look is it i is it the ideal job to have maybe not but if we're talking about that level of money for that little work and you're also doing it in you're doing it from like the privacy of your own bedroom. You're not out on a street corner with random Johns like pulling up and like, it's the fucking, you know, 1985, like TV movie. So the money is like, I don't know. I think if you can make some good money on there, I say go for it. I I mean, yeah. I don't know what I would do on OnlyFans. I wouldn't be like having sex or like showing dick, but like. But they say that at first. They say, oh, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have sex on there," and then you end up doing it because you realize you've got to do that to like make those big bucks. So yeah. you go into it. Oh, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna go shirtless, and then before you know it, you're like sucking dick. So <laughs> <laughs> be prepared. Well, we'll see. We'll see how that progresses. Um, what are your thoughts on Real Housewives of Orange County this season? A lot of people are like, oh, it's kind of boring. But for me, I'm like, the bar with OC has always been low. 
I think if this were a season of like Jersey or New York, I would be like, yeah, it's boring. But it's OC. OC's never been wildly exciting. I'm actually enjoying this season. I'm enjoying Um, Heather's return. Well, I love OC. It's my fave franchise, actually. Uh, You know, it's the OG. I love it. I even loved the last season that everybody hated. So I was just already going to like this season because if I liked if I still liked last season of course I'm gonna like this season but I think it's really good I think it's um I like the cast I think it's funny I'm invested in their lives I enjoy watching Gina's glow up like it's been it's very reminiscent of like Laurie when Laurie was poor at first working for Vicky and then she had the glow up when she met the guy in the Playboy Mansion um you know, I love Shane and Emily. I think they're fucking hilarious. I think Emily's a great bone carrier on the show. Heather's on fire. Shannon is like the worst, but it's fun to watch her get caught out and grilled. Noella is like beyond, like total, like talk about a fucking nutcase. It's like, she's crazy. She's such a sham. I don't know if she's going to be able to last past one season because I feel like she's unfilmable almost like her life if you follow her on social media. But yeah, I love it. Yeah, Noella's the only one, like, I really am not into and cannot connect with. And at first, I thought I was going to like her. I was like, ooh, I'm actually really excited. She's going to bring, like, a breath of fresh air to the show. She's going to be young and kind of, uh, I was thinking maybe, like, kind of Brandy Glanville-esque. But, like, she's almost just, like, unpalatable. You know what I mean? Where like She's, she's another brown one. Yes, and she's trying way too hard. And she's way too into it. Like, she's way into the, like, housewife thing and the fame thing. And, like, I was trying to watch her on Watch What Happens Live. And I just, she's not interesting to me she i look i really am enjoying watching her on the show so it's not when i criticize her it's not like oh my god i think she's terrible on the show like i think it's fun but i just think if you're following her on social media and you're seeing her divorce with james and look they're they're both fucking liars clearly people are like i'm team team james or team noella it's like team no one they're both two like crooks that have their own skeletons in the closet, like whatever. Yeah. I mean, the, these people are a dime a dozen. If you work in entertainment or media or whatever, you see these like bottom feeding people that are like trying to have a come up. Like we know that Noella, according to Tamara, first tried to befriend Vicky to get on the show. Vicky didn't want a bar of it. Then she went after Bronwyn. Then she and Bronwyn were like splashing their friendship all over social media, being thirsty. And then when Noella got on the show, her friendship with Bronwyn ended because Bronwyn wasn't coming back. And I am really liking Noella on the show. I think it's fun, but I'm like, how far can you take it? Because it's like, it's comparing her to Kelly Bensimone isn't correct because they're both very different people, but there's just certain people where you're like, I, your life is, I don't know how we can follow that if you're going to, like when she has the divorce, she's not going to have any money. I mean, yeah, and she, she seems to lie a now. lot. Yeah, she has no money now. She's yeah, not honest. The audience can see through her. Yeah, but I mean, it's fun. Like, it's a fun ride. I mean, I would like if she can get it together enough to have a second season. I can see her being one of those housewives, like another Aviva Drescher almost, where it was like you had a short but memorable run where it was like you kind of went, you ended up like jumping the shark. Because I hear like word on the street is that it just gets worse and worse for Noella as the season goes on. Like I heard that she was just on a complete island by the end of it. So, you know, she's memorable, but (laughs) 
I don't, I, don't how, I don't know how much longevity she has in her. I don't even think she's memorable, to be honest with you. I just, I don't, I'm not interested. I just, I don't buy the story, you know? I don't buy what she's trying to sell us because I feel like it's in pursuit of garnering sympathy or garnering attention or garnering adoration. Like, whatever she can get from people is what she, it's just an endless thirst. It was very much like Bronwyn, um, and I, I can't with the vibe. Yeah, but you know what? I do like that she's coming. I mean, I'm a Heather DeBrow fan, but I enjoy watching her kind of come. What do you think her bone is with Heather? Um, look, I think, look, I don't think everything out of Noella's mouth is a lie. Like, I think there is some stuff that's serious. I can see how her coming in, being a newbie, already understanding the formula of the show because she was friends with Bronwyn. So Bronwyn would have told her all the tea. So she already gets that world. And, um, I think she can, you know, a lot of criticism that's been at Heather is that they feel like Heather's come in and Heather's like acting a bit and being the queen bee, which she kind of is, but like, it's fun, but her calling that out and everything I think is accurate. And I, I'm still team Heather, but like, I enjoy it. By the way, one thing about Noella, I really enjoy looking at her on the screen because she's so beautiful like she's stunning like I think Andy said she's she's maybe the most beautiful housewife they've ever had like she's definitely up there so she's nice to look at for sure um and then that weird fight she had with Dr. Jen about you tagged me on Instagram um a lot of people hated that and I get it but I also I kind of understand what she meant even though she's in no position to talk because she rode Bronwyn's coattails so talk who's thirsty now like you're the OG of thirst but right. I kind of get what she means of like Jen I don't even know you and you were like tagging me because we're on a show I don't know but it, like it was she was reaching but it was also like I can see how she might have thought that about Jen yeah I want the context behind the post when was it posted were they already a cast on the show together was the announcement already out that they were both going to be housewives why were they at a party together why did Jen tag her in the picture like I want all the details as to what that situation was um, but I just think that that's a really stupid reason to like be like oh you're like Noella is queen of thirst that like that was not grounds like I don't think Dr. Jen is that thirsty I actually enjoy Dr. Jen and her husband's fucking hot I like her too and I think that Dr. Jen look I had heard a bit behind the scenes during filming that they felt like Dr. Jen was a little boring. I don't think she's boring. People have different, you know, ideas of what they think are boring. Like some people think if you're not throwing wine in someone's face, you're a snooze fest. I think she's good. And I think she has more to offer. And I think that, um, I think Dr. Jen will have a really good second season in her because I think this first season is just her finding her sea legs a bit and getting a bit more, comfortable on camera and I think that she's having some marital issues with her shirtless husband and I think they're trying to put on a you know a happy front so I think once she gets that out she's gonna you know be into it more and I hope the same for Noella I don't want Noella to be a one and done I would like Noella to be able to um you know get it together enough to continue on the show and also to be able to have an organic connection to the group because so far Shannon and Noella, they they haven't, I mean, they obviously have nothing in common and would never hang out and they're just on an island. So they're forced yeah, to they're be friends with each other. I crack other. up every time I see them do a scene because it's like, you guys have like no one else to film with. So <laughs> you've got to like film together. But it would be, be nice friends. if Noella could make a, a good connection with someone by the end of it. Because we see Emily's really trying with Noella, but 
Yeah, I had heard that Noella ends up really on her own by the end of it. I don't even know if Shannon's still friends with her. I heard the same, and she's not doing herself any favors on or off camera. Like, she's not helping her case, like, trying to mend any of the relationships with women off camera. And I think because she just thinks being combative with them will make her more interesting on the show. But it's just, again, it's not palatable for me. The, the social media thing is has been a big dagger because I think that she would have a lot more people on her side if she didn't, like, jump the shark on her Instagram with the constant fighting with James. Yeah. But because they keep going on and on about it and it's exhausting. Like I kept up with the first couple of posts Same. and then as it continued, I'm like, this is a joke. Because like- it was back and forth, tip for tap, tip for tap, yeah. back and forth. And even with him, like he's no prize either. He started an Instagram account literally to release these videos and it's like, oh, come on, that's pretty transparent in and of, in and of itself. I mean, he's an ambulance chaser. Oh, like, yeah. He's one of those crook, I mean, allegedly. I mean, that my opinion, not factually, his, but my opinion from here in Australia where you can't sue me, I look at him as one of those, you know, sleazy lawyers that like you a, would like fucking- A Ronald um, Richards? Yes, a Ronald Richards, a Jim Carrey and Liar Liar, like that kind of vibe. So, you know, they're both a mess. <laughs> What are your thoughts of Mary? So on Friday, news broke that Mary did not attend the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City reunion. Thoughts, feelings, vibes? Um, You know, it's sad. It's going to be sad to see Mary go because she's absolutely the most entertaining person on the show. And she has been since last season. Uh, I was a big critic of season one of Salt Lake City. I thought it was pretty fucking bad, but... Mary was like a bit of a saving grace just because she was so out there and like just, you know, that's a Kelly Ben Simone. Like it's just too too crazy to even comprehend. And I loved it, but it was also like I knew the time was going to come to an end at some point. I did always think like I don't know how even before season two started i thought how are you going to be able to get like more than two seasons out of this woman like this must be so difficult even filming with her like can you imagine how much stuff they have to edit out with mary to even get a coherent scene like it's very kim richards you know very like zany very quirky you know very unfocused i'm sure kim gave them a lot too but like i just i don't I didn't like Mary last season. This coming into this season, I was kind of like, okay, I get it. It's fun. It's quirky. It's comic relief. It balances out the show a little bit. You know, it throws like a wild card in there. I think she and Jen kind of really bring flavor to the cast, whereas the other cast I think is good, but I think they really kind of, they're the the marshmallows and the nuts and the Rocky Road ice cream. Oh, well, when Jen is in jail where she belongs and Mary's out, what is that show going to have? Because that, that show is going to turn into Dallas post Leanne, you know, like it's not going to be a great future for Salt Lake city without those two. Yeah, no, I can't. Yeah. I just, Oh my God. I still am. I'm I'm reeling from my Cameron interview. I still like, I decided to go on Twitter last night and be like, Oh, I wonder what people think. I wonder if they're enjoying the podcast lately. Oh my God. I have like threads about me, Jacques and like how I'm like a horrible racist, problematic white gay. I'm like, first of all, for you fucking white bitch. I'm not even white. Like fuck (laughs) off. Well, okay, so what's really funny with this whole especially and Tiffany still keeps commenting on all of my stuff. Oh I my wrote God, her a really a rest, su- I wrote her a really sweet message and I was like, look, this was not personal, et cetera, et cetera. But 
And was she receptive to that? Or She didn't respond to the DM, actually. Of course. Well, it's probably easier for her to keep it going on social media. Like, she kept it going with Cam, and now we said it. But, <laughs> um, no, but look, condemning, let me just, like, be safe. We're condemning Cameron's family, yes. but I do think Cameron's learned a lesson. Yeah. Yeah, you I know, think the she's behavior really, of the family. I think anybody that actually sits through that full interview will get the fact that like she is genuine in re- acknowledging what she did wrong and genuine in wanting to move forward. Okay, and- well, someone messaged me about that and they're like, I'm not going to listen to Cameron making excuses for her family. And I'm like, she literally didn't. She said what they did was like totally wrong and she's like hired a diversity coach and stuff. So people didn't even like listen to it. No, but they, they didn't had their, listen to the interview. They just they had their assumption apart. of like, yeah what it was also i've got to say um mary's comments on salt lake city have been absolutely the most racist comments that we've had of any housewife more than ramona more than like you know brandy and cameron and um it's definitely it would be leanne Locken level but it surpasses leanne because leanne i think only did the did she did chirpy mexican and um, whatever she didn't, she forgot what race Julio Iglesias was, but Mary has season one came for black people. Literally she came for black people. She called Jen a Mexican thug. Um, she, what is the other one? Oh, that slanty eyes. Like, I mean, it's the greatest hits of racism. And now you have all of the like woke people that yeah. have their hair on fire every time Ramona has like you know, uh, you know, Ramona says all lives matter or yeah. something. They're like boycotting the show. And then with Mary, they're sort of they're like, they're either yeah. not as fired up or their excuses or they're deflecting like, well, what about Ramona? And it's like, yeah. Mary's actually well, been worse. I think the difference between it. Mary and some of the others um, is that like, like Brandy Redmond, for example, she like, obviously her video was, was uh, not appropriate at all, but she was, arrogant and not arrogant ignorant and like was doing it in jest like she was making you know she was trying to make a joke and it just didn't it was inappropriate and it didn't land whereas mary i don't think like these things aren't she's not trying to be funny she's not kind of being aloof like she's genuinely it's her opinion it's It's literally what she feels in her heart and like to me that's where i'm like that's where you have to like really look at racism because racism like there's usually intention and discrimination and fear you know behind a lot of of these things that 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 motive speaks a lot to to it as well and so oh, I think absolutely it's 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 a little more extreme with mary but even then i wasn't calling for mary because i didn't call for any of their heads either i was like yeah, learning opportunity let's all kind of learn through this um but with mary you know some people are like wow how are you coming for mary and you giving the others passes and i'm like i'm not giving her any more or less passes i just think in this instance her viewpoints happen to be a little more embedded deeply in her beliefs. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, it's embedded more deeply in her beliefs and she's done it multiple times against all races, but it's also like with Mary being so crazy. And again, she's clearly kind of like mentally ill. I don't know if that's like a diagnosable mental illness. I don't know if it's because of the way she was, I mean, she was whatever raised in a cult, married off to her grandfather, (laughs) very bizarre upbringing. So whatever it is, it's made her this way. Um, with the comments she's making, you also, with it coming from her and her being so kooky, you also see the kind of absurdity of racism, like, you know, how, like, ridiculous it is sometimes and some of these things. And it's kind of, it's easier to laugh at at Mary doing it because she is so kooky, kooky. and it doesn't sometimes seem as, like, 
extreme as some of the other things that we've seen, but it's actually like if you're looking at exactly what she said and everything, it's like actually worse than anyone else. So I don't know. I don't think Mary should be fired, but uh, there is a bit of a double standard of like the woke mob that will come after you for having an interview with Cameron where she's talking about having a diversity coach and condemning everything. And then they're either silent on Mary or they're trying to deflect and go, well, you know, what about Ramona? And it's like, well, we're actually talking about Mary now. I literally had people in my DMs being like, oh, they can't let go of Mary. She's too good of television. And I'm like, really? Like, because I mean, I actually think they should cut Mary, but I think that they should be cutting Mary because she didn't show up to the reunion and she didn't fulfill her her contractual obligation and every housewife. So we had Lisa Vanderpump didn't show up to the reunion, fired. Adrian Maloof didn't show up to the reunion, fired. Jacqueline Larita didn't show up to the reunion. However, she had already filmed the next season because Jersey season three and four were filmed back to back. So by the time they filmed the season three reunion, they had already finished filming an entire season of season four. So they couldn't fire her because she had already been a part of the storylines and filmed an entire season. So she gets a pass. And then Luann and Kim Richards are the only two that skipped a reunion. But it was because they were both in rehab. So they had like actual health issues that prevented them from being able to attend the reunion. Yeah. I mean, she should look again, you were always going to run out with Mary because she, her life is such a mess. And now that she skipped a reunion, of course she has to go, but um, they're going to lose a lot, not having Mary, like th- those shoes are going to be hard to fill. Although I do really, I really like um, Jen. The new I one. love Jenny. I love yeah. Jenny. And I loved her from the start. Me like too. I love Jenny at the beginning because a lot of people didn't weren't big on Jenny at the beginning, and now those they're kind racists. of into her. Yeah, <laughs> those racists not supporting Jenny, but, but there is a like. It is. It's. It is strange to me though because I do feel like we've talked about this before. How like people were very negative to Crystal, and then I feel like people were quite negative to Jenny at the start, and like no one was really calling them racist. But then if you say a comment about like Garcelle or something, it's like oh the, yeah, you're immediately racist. Yeah. The sky collapses. So again, it just, these people, it never makes sense. I mean, the whole Mary thing is really exposed it of just how yeah. selective it is. Crystal can be boring. Crystal can be a bitch. Crystal can be a mean girl. And nobody says any, that's not at all racism. But the minute you say, mm, I don't know if I, I think Garcelle may have an ulterior motive. Immediately you're shut down and you're racist. And be like, but I actually kind of like Garcelle, but I also think she's a little shady. I know it's it's like it's crazy. By the way, speaking of Crystal, someone tweeted a thread the other day and it was so funny and it was like um Sutton being dragged a thread and like every single thing was just I saw that. Crystal, Crystal like eviscerating her. I actually forgot how many times because I think that people focused in a lot on the ugly leather pants and the tell me you're that girl thing. We forgot that there were like three other times that like Crystal fucking like dragged her to hell and back and um you know, obviously Erica Jane really overshadowed a lot of that season, but I'm just watching that. I'm like, oh, I cannot fucking wait for Crystal's second season. Like, you, you girls better not come for her because... <laughs> you know, I have to say my prediction for Beverly Hills is that Erica Jane's going to fall a little flat this season. I don't think we're going to get much from her, only because, like, she carried the show. That- Sutton did not carry the fucking show this last season, all right? We're just going to say that, and that's going to be a period. But, like, I think Erica's really... She doesn't have much going on in her life other than launching her new hair care line that I don't know if we're going to have much from her this season it's going to be a lot of that yeah i think it's going to be her just getting back on her feet and stuff which will be nice to watch anyway i'm yeah. excited i think beverly hills has been on fire for 
uh, several years now, really, like, you know, I'm a big fan, so I can't wait. Why do you think Mary did not show up to the reunion? Do you think she is afraid of the cult stuff? Do you think she's afraid of responding to the racism accusations? Do you think she's just over it? Like, fuck this. I don't need this heat when I don't need the money to be doing this. I have enough people at my church that think I'm I'm God as it is that I don't need the additional fame. I think it's everything. I think that, um, look, she doesn't have any friends left on the show. Even Meredith, who has been her ride or die on the show. I saw I her coming understand. for Meredith on Twitter. And it's almost like um, I wish she was there. But you have to admit that if she was there, it would probably become all about Mary. And then Mary's like clapbacks and responses aren't even going to make sense. So it's it's going to be like people trying to talk to a crazy person and then she's just going to be insulting them back and, um, and it's not even going to make that much sense. It might be better overall. And you know what? With Mary out of the picture, we're going to be able to focus more on Jen. And I hope that... I hope Jen gets an Erica-style grilling because, you know, Erica wasn't even charged with anything. Now we have Jen, who is, and obviously that's going to stop her from being able to address a lot of stuff, but we certainly have a lot of questions. And the way that they grilled Erica, I would hope that, um, you know, Jen, who has been accused of actual crimes, which, again, she's not even getting a fraction of the backlash that Erica got, which is wild. It's like you're scamming elderly people and disabled and people were more upset over Erica Jane. So it's like, I can't even make sense of these stupid fans. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, it's going to have to be a grill sesh with Jen. But I think without Mary, they're going to have to cut. I mean, it's either going to be a two-part reunion or it's at, at best going to be three parts. I don't even think we need to make it three parts. Um, because I don't know if there was enough content without Mary present for them to really cover um and then we see that i remember towards the end of filming or right as filming wrapped mary was tweeting out at the cast saying that heather gay was racist and i forgot who else she called racist at that time too so i'm curious to see how that story kind of unfolds on camera this season too well she calls everyone her and jen sharp both just call everyone racist constantly um and you know again it's like when I pushed back against Ebony doing it, it was like, how dare you? Like everyone's, if they, if she says that it's racism, it's racism. But then like people don't really take Jen and Mary seriously when they say it. So I'm like, well, hang on. I Wait, do we believe everyone if they say it's racism or do we like assess them individually and go, oh, this, maybe this one is incredible. I.e., Mary, because I got backlash for doing that, but now you guys aren't like what so you don't believe everything that comes out of jen and mary's you know it's just again it never makes sense with these fucking people it's so annoying did you hear the rumors about jen sean meredith marks uh hooking up yes i did can i do a sidebar about the um the rumors can i just say that i hate the rumor culture right yes. now the demois culture the unverified Blind item yep unverified tea it's like it's taking over it's too much it's like definitely it's kind of demois fault because they almost started it but it's like every day like i'm always getting dms from people right like bravo fans and stuff going oh my god did you hear this rumor and i'm like oh what and they send me a screenshot of like an anonymous tweet that is like completely incorrect and it's like well, this is this is just someone just tweeted this a fan like i've it's not also real. caught on to like other podcasters or YouTubers that have, I 
I guess they've seen how some podcasts get coverage for revealing certain things. And so they have now tapped into that by exaggerating or sometimes all right making up rumors or making up tea for the sake of getting people stirred up and, you know, letting it run like wildfire, which to me is like, it's annoying because like you said, then I get a flood of DMs of people like, did you see this? Did you read this? And so now I post them, but I'm like, I post them and this is what I think is the truth. If there is any truth to this. And this is like the verdict of what it actually is. But it's like, I feel like It's just, it's annoying because there are so many people, they post blind items. There's Demois where literally I could go and email into Demois right now and be like, oh my God, I just left Andy Cohen's apartment and he has a big fucking dick and he has an entire sex dungeon just like Noella's. And here are details and descriptive details of the sex dungeon, et cetera, et cetera. And then he invited, he went on Grinder and then invited a third guy over and he's into twinks. So it was me and another twink and we were making out in front of him and he made us tape a video and he I- might, you know, like I could literally create an entire fucking story, send it to Demois and they would publish it. And then people would be like, holy fuck did you see zach peter fucked andy cohen and it's just like come on people are believing anything like it's so frustrating and then especially if you're friendly with people kind of like off camera from these shows they will give you the real tea on the down low and then yeah. it's like you'll know the real tea but it's like you can't share it because you've been told it in confidence and then you see the twitter tea and it's like this is so beyond like what you guys think is going on is like absolutely not what is going on also some of these people like like girl gangs for example i think you were like friendly with her so like no whatever. i was not friend- coming i was from- not friendly with her i had her on my podcast one time and okay. then i saw that she like faked her whole pregnancy and i was like holy yeah. fuck Well, the fucking second I saw girl gangs pop up on the scene, literally I'm like, okay, this is just another like Facebook Karen who wants attention and she's playing detective and she's like tearing other people down to like build her own little profile up. And this is just a fucking house of cards and it's going to topple eventually. And now we, there's this rumor going around. I, someone sent me the rumor. I didn't even bet it was her faking a pregnancy or something for attention. I'm like, well, this person's an attention whore. And it's also like, it's kind of an offshoot of cancel culture as well, because someone like a girl gangs will come on and they, they're just trying to find negative stories about people to out. And sometimes it's good tea. Like she did the the Randall Randall, Randall. Yeah. Look, sometimes you get some good tea for sure. But then other times it's like, you're just nitpicking trying to like criticize this person and like bring up their old tweets or whatever, over analyze this. And, um, and you're only doing it as well because it's like, you're trying to create this platform for yourself so you can sell merch and have your own podcast and it's like you're kind of jealous that you're jealous of these people that are in the spotlight and they have what you want so now you're tearing them down to try to get to where they are Mm -hmm. and now look at you you're like a sham so it's like just the whole girl gangs of it all and all of these people I'm just so over it I mean I work in media and look I'm not saying that journalists are the most upstanding incredible people ever and that like every story they do is like complete facts I actually know but I also from working in tabloids and stuff I know that when you know I get sent tea all the time and if it's something that's going to be like published say like you know one of the places I work for a big media outlet um 
we don't just get a Dumois tip and write this story. Like we send it to a legal department and the legal department checks it to find out if it's defamatory and if we can like legally publish this. We go to comment for if it's something defamatory said about someone, we go to that person to get their response. And like there's a whole process through it, whereas these other people, they're just coming and digging and they're putting their own spin on things. And it's just, it's always like self-serving too because it's like, they're only doing it to build their own breath. So I'm just over it. And there's just so much fake news and it's getting, it's like, it's getting so out of control too, because of this entire like cottage industry around Bravo stuff and reality TV. And before I feel like this kind of shit, like it would stay on like Reddit or something, like it would stay in the little corners of right. the internet, but now it's getting recycled out in the mainstream and sometimes making it into the news. And it's like, this is not true. Like, and it's, getting over-circulated. So just saying that, really hate this stuff. As for Meredith and Jen going down on each other, um, I don't know. Like it's kind of it's kind of interesting because it gives us more insight into their friendship and why they dislike each other. But it's also, it's not the most explosive tea ever because even if you remove all of that, I think Meredith still has enough reason to not want to be around Jen, which is one, you're a criminal and a con artist. And yes, you were beefing with my son, even though yeah, Brooks is annoying and whatever he got into it too. But I'm like any mother, like you're not going to be the biggest fan of Jen. So I feel like even without the rumors, Meredith is still warranted to not want to be around Jen. But I mean, it's interesting. Is it true? I don't know. I think that there is probably a sliver of truth to it. And my theory is because the rumor is that Jen and Meredith were out at a steakhouse. Jen ate Meredith out and then was going around town saying she tasted like weak old tuna. That's the rumor. So, my theory is that maybe that there's a sliver of truth to this and maybe they were out to dinner and maybe they were drunk and maybe Jen was like, I'm going to go under the table and eat Meredith out. And Meredith's probably laughing. And then Jen goes under the table and she like pretends to eat her out and maybe puts her legs like in her lap and they're laughing about it. And then Jen still in jest is like, oh, it tasted like weak old tuna all in jest and then I think somewhere somebody heard it repeated it or Jen said it to somebody somewhere but again hyperbolized you know jokingly they were probably drunk just being silly and then eventually the rumor made its way around around town until some bitch decided to post it on Twitter I mean on Reddit sorry yeah that actually makes a lot of sense I could totally see that although there's also this other rumor that they like dated that what well, they fucked the same guy or something yeah, and so, Lisa Barlow too yeah that like three of them slept with the same guy yeah you know a lot of people sent me that and I actually don't find it that interesting I mean it's just well it's, it's like a, Harry Dubin it's not that yeah. exciting and Meredith was has been open like she was on a break they had a, they put their fucking marriage breakdown on the show as a storyline and she's admitted in interviews that she was seeing other people so it's like well if you had some crossover dick so what like if it would be more juicy for me if we were watching the show and going oh, I don't understand why Meredith is so upset why is Meredith like doesn't want to be around Jen this makes no sense I thought they were friends and then we find this out and you're like oh that's why she doesn't like her but it's like like I said before, she's already warranted not wanting to be around Jen because it's like you fought with my son and you're going to jail because you scam people. So why would I be around you? <laughs> I also think you. if they slept with the same dude, it wouldn't be that like 
like they wouldn't care because I don't think it happened like within a timeline where it would be like, it's not like he fucked one of them in the morning and then had and ate one of them out for lunch. You know what I mean? And then went to Lisa Barlow's house for dinner. Like, it's not like it was all in the same day. Like, I'm pretty sure he hooked up with Lisa Barlow before she was with her husband. Jen is, and, and Coach Shaw apparently, you know, there've been rumors that I've heard rumors about them for a long time that they have some sort of like open arrangement Meredith has talked about separating from Seth and, you know, being open herself when they were on their break. So I don't think it would be uncommon that maybe over the course of what, 10, 15 years that one guy who also lives in Park City was able to kind of make his way through town and three of the women that happened to get cast on the show happened to have slept with him at some point in their lives if he's a true man whore. Yeah, it's truly not that interesting. Like, call me when he gets cast on the show, like Slade Smiley, then it'll be a little juicier. But for now, I'm like, okay, like, whatever, you know. Again, I don't get that sucked into these off-camera rumors. Like, a lot of the times I'm just like, I just take it with a grain of salt. I'm always being sent this stuff and I'm just like, look, I don't know if it's true. And then I kind of forget about it. Now, I did do an episode dedicated to coming out Colton with Colton Underwood, and you were a little salty that I didn't invite you on that episode. What were your thoughts and feelings about coming out Colton? Because things seem to be working out for him pretty well. He just got a house with his new boyfriend, which to me is a little lesbian with the U-Haul. It's a little quick for me. It is. I also wonder, okay, where... Who paid for that house? Because was it the Netflix pity party checks that got you that house? Or was it the boyfriend who was like a DNC fundraiser? Did people think they were donating to Hillary 2024 and then Colton's man bought a house? I don't know. But um, that documentary was a hot mess. I'm like really, look, I'm a Bachelor fan, so I'm very invested in Colton and I have complicated feelings around him because look he's extremely thirsty and calculated but I mean I feel like I'm calling everybody on this episode mentally ill one after the other but Colton is mentally ill (laughs) he's crazy if you have followed Colton from the beginning and you watched him on the shows and you saw his like mental breakdowns on like bachelor in paradise. And then you followed closely with him stalking the ex Cassie and putting the tracking device on her car and everything like, and then you throw in the repressed homosexuality in there and stuff. It's like, this guy has a lot of, you know, maybe saying mentally ill is too harsh. I mean, everyone's mentally ill these days, including myself. So it's like, someone's going to go, oh, you're stigmatizing mental illness. It's like, we're all like, we're all mentally ill. Like it's pretty normal. Like who doesn't have like anxiety or. Well, I think that the, there's that co- the belief that like, there are people that like don't have any sort of issues and that they're perfect. Like that, that, that person doesn't exist. Yeah. We're all fucked up. Like we all, and now we're more aware of it. So it's like, we can go, yeah, I do have anxiety. Yeah. I have this, I have OCD. I mean, you know, I have BPD and I'm on Medicaid. Like it's very normal. So, but Colton has a lot of fucking issues to the point that like it drove him to like stalk, his ex. And then when I watched the show, look, one thing, no one cares if you're gay anymore, by the way, 2021, 22, like you're a white, hot gay man. Like no one gives a fuck. Like you don't really have any oppression points with that one. I've been a white gay for a long time. I remember when I first came out 
back many, many years ago um, as a teenager in my small town and it was still kind of like a novelty and quite shocking and people would still call me a faggot and everything. And then I have, you know, over the time of it's, it's become so normalized that like people could not give a, like people could not give a fuck. Like, so he went on this big oppression tour and it was quite exploitive. Like the scene I was really disturbed by, and I thought was so wrong was when he tracked down the high school football coach and confronted that bothered me confronted him on camera and was like, I was called a faggot in the locker room and, you know, you didn't do anything to stop it or whatever. And the coach was like very blindsided. And it's like, look, one, if you had, and he was still friendly with the coach, by the way, because he said that they would text like every week during Friday. He would wish him luck every Friday night. I don't know how the American football works, but it's the college football. Is it every Friday or something? You're asking the wrong person. I don't know. There's that show Friday Night Lights, whatever, but he would text him before before every game and so they still had a friendly relationship and he even said the coach was sometimes more of a father to him than his own father and then if he had an issue about the locker room um he had all these many years to confront the the coach about it privately or something and instead he rocked up with the camera crew completely blindsided him and made it like the coach was fostering like a homophobic environment look if you're a teenage boy you're in the locker, like you're probably going to get called a faggot. Like it's just what teenage boys do and teenage girls bully each other and do things to each other too. It's not like. Teenagers are like teenagers, teenagers don't know any better. They're awful to each other and they're because they're insecure and they don't know who they are. That doesn't make it right, but it's like, you know, you're not going to, it's like putting a kindergartner in a a white room and giving them a box of crayons. What do you think the kindergartners, like they're going to draw on the walls. Like, you know, it's just the level of maturity and like exposure that they're at. Well, it's also like this culture now of people needing to publicly like litigate their trauma in front of the whole world of every little thing that happened to them. Like I, trust me, I was called a faggot too. I had people yell faggot from the car as they drove i grew up in like a small town and i came out like how long ago oh, fucking like 20 years ago or something now so like i can't imagine coming out on tv and you know rocking up with the camera crew and surprising someone and being like i was called a mean word when i was 15 and again the thing is like he just did it for content for a show too like this was not like you had plenty of time, like you could have confronted him years ago. You've kept in contact. Like you've had all this time and you did it when you had a Netflix series that you, which by the way, the Netflix series was a PR job because you were super famous from the bachelor. He had like a book deal, everything. He was like the golden boy, the virgin bachelor. Then his image was shot to pieces when he got caught stalking his ex-girlfriend, putting a tracking device on her car, standing at the front of her house, like crazy shit. And then he gets, comes out as gay as if it's like Caitlyn Jenner coming out as trans after she had the car accident and killed someone. Like then people kind of forget it. And then you put this Netflix documentary out that is just to like rehab your image and be like, oh, poor, poor Colton. Like someone called Colton a faggot. Oh, poor thing. Like that excuses everything. And now my image is rehabbed. And now I live in a $3 million home with my like DNC fundraiser daddy. So I don't have much sympathy for him. And I think he, you know, played people and secured the bag and, you know, but it's also kind of like good for him because 
who is going to turn down a Netflix show. Like, that's huge. Like, a well, fucking Netflix show, it's a big deal. To me, the interesting thing that, like, I didn't watch The Bachelor. I was not familiar with Colton. I maybe heard the name here or there, but I had no idea. I never watched his season. I never watched him in Bachelor in Paradise. I think recently I watched a fo- a, a clip of, like, his meltdown when he, was leave- he, like, was leaving somewhere. I don't know if it was Bachelor in Paradise or The Bachelor, but he was, like, leaving. He was, like, running away. Like, I'm quitting the show. Like, I... Oh, he ran. He, he jumped over. A- when, yes. when Cassie rejected him... They were so in he Portugal. was on The Bachelorette. Cassie, yeah, no, yeah, on no, on The Bachelor. So it was down to the end. He wanted to pick Cassie, and because he was like he had repressed his sexuality, and he was trying to. By the way, he went on to The Bachelor already knowing he was gay, and he tried to use The Bachelor to so, work out his straight, own yeah. issues. Which then you're putting because all these other women, like whether they're there for Instagram fame or not, the fact is that once they get in the show, they get manipulated by the producers and they fall in love with you because it's such a well-oiled machine. So you used all of these women to work out your own issues, um, which again, it, it, there's a very like selfishness because again, you're um, you're going on Netflix and then you're finding all these people and, and and dragging them out and like shaming them on camera so you can like work out your own shit. He did that on The Bachelor and when Cassie rejected him, he had a full-blown meltdown like a toddler and started crying and ran off, ripped off his mic pack, jumped over a huge fence and ran off into the woods in like Portugal at like midnight and they were searching for hours to find him. It like he's he's wow. off the chain and sorry to um sorry to interrupt you like that but i just yes that's what he did so continue. wow no i was just gonna say i've never been exposed to him so i didn't know anything and then when the series was or when he came out that's when i heard people were up in arms because of the cassie stuff and i didn't even dive too much into it then um Because sometimes, like, with Housewives fans, sometimes you hear rumors and fans are so, like, fired up with pitchforks and up in arms that I'm like, I don't even know how real this is. I'm not in Bachelor Nation. Like, I don't know any of this shit. But I watched the series. I enjoyed it for the most part. And I like the way Netflix approached it in the sense that they kind of took us on this journey. Like, there wasn't, like, a lecturing of, like, we're going to teach you how to be gay, audience, or what it means to be gay. It was more like Colton going on that journey himself. So from somebody that had new eyes that didn't really know Colton that thinks he's a cutie, I enjoyed the series. I didn't like the coach scene. And then the only other thing about the series that kind of really made me tilt my head was the fact that, he when he first came out on GMA there was the he said that he had to come out because he was being outed like somebody was threatening to out him because he was on grinder and at like a bathhouse and there were photos of him and so they were threatening him to come out and this is why he decided to come out and then we find out that he has a Netflix deal and then we're watching the show and we're finding out that this was all filmed prior to him coming out on GMA and like a Netflix deal doesn't happen yesterday to today like a Netflix deal takes time he needed he had to have told his team that he was due ready to come out or at least came to his publicist and they were like we need to strategize this and then they went and pitched it to Netflix and the Netflix greenlit it and then they started production and then eventually set up this interview with Robin on GMA so I was like oh, that whole piece and that whole piece of the being outed whether it was true or not I don't know but it was completely not addressed in the in the series yeah, he's he's played everyone. He wanted to rehab his image from the Cassie thing. All right, I'm ready to re- now. I'm ready to come out as gay now that it's going to help me get a fucking Netflix show. Like, let's see if there's some interest in this. He's had his manager 
shop it around the coming out Colton series. I, it does shock me that he actually got it on Netflix because Netflix is like the biggest platform you can have, like watching it. And I did enjoy it as well, but it felt like more of like a YouTube original. I'm like, how did this get on fucking like Netflix? Also, well, Netflix if you're is trying to hook in watch- the bachelor audience. Yeah, I mean, I guess, because it's like, if you don't watch The Bachelor, like, why would you even, like, watch this? You know what I mean? And Netflix is a global thing, and The Bachelor is, like, a, just a US show only. So, that was strange to me. But, I mean, he's got a good man. I mean, his manager deserves a raise. You fucking got Colton Underwood. You completely fixed his image, and you got him a Netflix show. So, how many fucking followers does Colton have now, actually? I'm going to check, because I bet his follower count went up significantly because everyone that gets on a Netflix show gets like an I extra. I think I followed him. Just because- I mean, I follow him too. I'm look, it sounds like I'm such a Colton basher and I am, but I also, you know, I'm just very invested in him just from watching his journey from the beginning of like bachelorette through to bachelor and bachelor in paradise and coming out Colton. And I think he does have a lot of, you know, issues. And I, sometimes I feel bad for him. And also he's like one of the hottest guys I've ever seen. I think he's so hot. And that of course influences me to kind of like him because we just sort of predisposed to like more attractive people. Um, Oh my God. And I'm looking at his photos shirtless. Fuck. He's hot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Next question. Next question. See, I would, I would sign up for Colton's OnlyFans. I'm, I I did Chad Johnson's just to see what that was about. And he's doing real hard porn. Cause he was like tweeting like Chris Harrison, let's collab bitch. And so he was like, you know, throwing gang signs on Twitter, but like, I don't know. He's a bit of an OnlyFans pioneer, by the way, Chad Johnson, because when he jumped on there and started doing porn, celebrities were not doing porn on OnlyFans. And many of them weren't even on OnlyFans. It was still like, because now literally everyone's on OnlyFans. Like at that point, no one was. So shout out to Chad Johnson. And yes, if Colton did an OnlyFans, you best believe I would be paying even for, I would be paying for the, um, the bait, like bait and switch um, Instagram photos where you like think you're going to get something juicy by signing up and paying $10. And then it's just him like shirtless, like you would see on Instagram. I would even pay for that because he's that hot. <laughs> well, thank you, Jacques, for, for drooling all over the mic there. Um, <laughs> th- thank you for chatting with me today. I love when we collab. It's always a good time. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Um, I love it. Yeah, people love us together. And you're always on my show and you've been on my Patreon and people just uh, totally into it, which I love because you're one of my fave people to record with. Yes. Okay, pimp out your podcast. Let everyone know where they can keep up with Jacques Peterson. Okay, guys, um, you can find me at unpopular. No, wait, that's my, my social media is at unpopular JP on Twitter and Instagram. And the links to my podcast are there. The podcast is called unpopular with shark Peterson. I obviously do a lot of Bravo content. I do other stuff as well. Like I just talk about like cultural issues and different reality shows and whatever's interesting me that week. I've had a lot of different guests on there. I've had Dr. Drew. I've had Leah McSweeney. I've had Crystal Minkoff. I've had Blair White, the YouTuber. I've had all kinds of people. And obviously it's not PC. It's unpopular. 
it is what you heard on here today. So if you liked my vibe today, you'll like my podcast. If you hated me, then maybe don't listen and because you won't be a fan. So yeah, check it out if it's what you want to hear. Yes, go check it out. Unpopular with Jacques Peterson, available on all podcast platforms. Go and check out his Patreon. I know I've taped a couple of episodes there. Those are always super juicy. And don't forget to follow at UnpopularJP. He's always got some spicy tweets. So you're going to want to check those out. If you want to get up in arms and bring your pitchfork out on Twitter because you're that bitch, then go follow Jacques unpopular jp uh you guys you guys can follow me at just plain zach all over the internet or you can follow the show at no filter with zach on the instagram we have new episodes that drop every monday wednesday and friday we go live on instagram every tuesday night and thursday night at 6 30 p.m pacific 9 30 eastern we are kicking off Margaret Joseph's book this week on Bravo Book Club this Tuesday night. So if you want to join us, we're reading the first four chapters of Caviar Dreams, Tuna Fish Budget. Go and order it right now. You can check out my Amazon storefront. All the books are available there. Amazon.com slash shop slash Zach Peter. All right, guys, I love you. If you're listening to this on iTunes or on Spotify or on, on Amazon, apparently that's a thing now, too. Please leave me a five-star review because I love that validation. And if you haven't done so yet, go and order some Housewives Watch and Wine at NoFilterWine.com. That's NoFilterWine.com. Love you. Mean it. Bye.